0: I would also say one of the biggest differences between us, professionals, if you will, (laughs) and the volunteers, is that we, unlike the volunteers, are not protected by the Good Samaritan Act.
1: You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community... You could even call it a support group for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks and 18 jackets. Our slogan inspired by the great explorer, Sir Randolph Fiennes is there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide or anyone in between, you are in the right place.
2: Welcome to Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventure and the gear that goes with it. And
1: just so everyone isn't confused, we're all professional podcasters here.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm also a professional rafter, if you guys haven't heard true. that. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> haven't heard that
1: one before. <laughs> Avery is a professional uh, pt tier. pt tier? pt tier. Yeah, physical therapy. Yep. Um... He's just going to do physical therapy the rest of his life. Might as well.
2: <laughs> just to be clear, we're not talking about the person that provides the physical therapy. Right. No. He's no, on the I'm receiving on the, end. I'm on yeah. the receiving yeah. end. <laughs>
3: exactly. And uh, I also de- won't <laughs> shut up about it
1: either. <laughs> uh, Devin's with us uh, again today. Uh, Devin, what are you a professional at?
0: Uh, currently, Cur- I'm a professional retail sales Associate. I'm talking about yeah. It's quite professional.
1: Pro. Okay, so this is your topic. You wanted to talk about what makes what is considered professional.
0: Yeah. So I think what sort of signifies a professional is that you're paid for whatever the craft it is you're doing.
3: Sure. Absolutely.
0: Uh, And this sort of stems from a conversation I had with a fellow patroller who wanted to (laughs) refer to the entire patrol. As professionals, maybe thinking I was um, demeaning in a way, but rather I was just speaking to a professional as somebody who's paid
1: to do something. Wait, time out. So as a patroller, do you have volunteer patrollers, like people who are not paid? Yes. You got it. Didn't know that. The National Mm. Ski Patrol started as a
0: volunteer basis and made up what was most of the ski patrollers in the industry. Okay. Okay. And now we have EMTs, but also outdoor emergency care technicians, which is the NSP based curriculum that get paid to be on the hill close to or, you know, 40 hours a week skiing and doing other things, so of course. You
1: would volunteer because you get a free pass. Sure. That's one incentive. Okay. You I want to help save lives? I don't
0: yeah. I would think that that is probably the biggest driving factor. Is that the nsp delivers a great curriculum and medical skill set almost for free
1: wow okay um but then you have people who are like well i'd like to be here more but i kind of have to pay the bills yeah absolutely so yeah. is that a you know if they're not getting paid you're saying or is that a professional is that the question
0: if you're not getting paid yeah are you professional yeah
2: are you professional i say no wow so let me let me add some context to this because um, I also work at the same resort as Devin. We're we're uh, colleagues in two places, <laughs> um, <laughs> the dual leagues. Yeah. Um, so our, as you're saying, our our resort has a pro patrol and a volunteer patrol. Wait, wait, um, wait. Do you guys are they rivals? Are we rivals? Well, against... let, let me explain. Okay, I'll okay. I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate. Yeah. Um, so I am one of the few. I, I'm one of the few pro patrollers that overlaps onto the weekends with the volunteers. Okay. So at our hills, Saturday and Sunday, uh, the majority of the staff make up volunteer patrollers, um, and I would say that amongst the patrols, sometimes, uh, and this is probably across all patrols that operate this way, the volunteers kind of get uh, the lower end of the deal. Sometimes, you know, they get get treated like they're a little lesser than the pros that are there all week or whatever. Um, but the reality is, is our volunteer patrol has people that are politicians we have successful lawyers we have like really accomplished yeah but they're people.
1: not pro patrollers but
2: it's it's but that's what i'm saying it's kind of almost crazy the way it works because some of these people they're they're not there doing it at, like us us pros are the ski bums right like we're trying to get our our turns in and be on the mountain but these guys are like most of them are very accomplished professionals mm-hmm. in their other fields and they're mm-hmm. they're very smart intelligent people that have a lot to offer and it's kind of it's a weird paradox because sometimes they aren't respected for what they what they really bring to the table Hmm. Interesting. Never thought yeah. of it that way. We
0: got combat medics. Yeah, we got oh, people yeah. who have seen far more than we may ever see yeah. in our entire career, working as a volunteer, mm-hmm. and it's for their love of skiing. Yeah,
3: right. And, and they have the medical background.
1: And they probably don't go home and say, "I'm a pro patroller." Right.
2: Yeah. They're 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 the volunteer, and just that term, like, kind of like almost like demeans a little bit. But some of them are really incredible people and incredible patrollers. Do
1: they need to know all the same stuff as Absolutely. the full time? Yeah. Yep. Okay.
2: The hardest part I think for the volunteers where it gets difficult and, and no part no, no fault of their own is when you're not there <laughs> every day during the week things change throughout the week and so when you get there on Saturday, sure. if you're a Saturday guy, there might be you know terrain that changed or something that opened and yeah and that's that's probably the biggest disadvantage to not being there every day in terms of what you're able to offer but uh, most of them do a pretty good job making up for the days that they're not there with other skills and
1: That's a good point. Our mountains here can change. I mean, if you look at the avalanche conditions, it actually can change hourly. Yeah. Um, So if you're only there on the weekends. So is there a reason that they don't get paid? Like, is there – because you just need too many people to work the mountain and there's not enough money to go around, so you have certain people that are paid professionals to be there and then the rest you just fill in with volunteers?
0: Something like that. I think it's more (laughs) like a (laughs) commitment-based thing. Okay. You know, do they want to commit 40 hours – or let's say our minimums 30 hours no okay then you get to work one shift a week and one week in a month mm-hmm. and now you're just a volunteer but you get the pass and but all you that. get your you season get pass for and that. you get the perks okay. buddy passes so
1: if you get a season pass there's a monetary value to that It means they got paid technically probably I don't know if you got a, I don't know if you're supposed to tell the IRS this but th- that's professional if they're getting paid volunteer mm.
2: I would argue that That's that's compensation, not pay necessarily. Compensation is pay, and I would I would
0: also say one of the biggest differences between us professionals, if you will, (laughs) (laughs) and the volunteers is that we, unlike the volunteers, are not protected by the Good Samaritan Act. So, therefore, we will be held to a higher standard ah, of medical well, that's care a good point. Yeah. Okay. and charged with negligence sure. if we fail to meet the proper standards or precautions Perfect. or protocols. Unlike our volunteer patrol, who, if they make a mistake, are protected by a law that's already in place for anybody who's acting in good faith to try and protect somebody's medical uh, scenario uh, or health.
1: Volunteers are treated like employees. They can be fired if they mess up, stuff like that.
0: I guess I wouldn't call it fired in a way, as much as if they like, were to mess up, they might be asked to step back or leave or be trained further on a subject.
2: Mm-hmm. I've never heard of any volunteer being fired from our from our hill. That none that I've ever been aware of.
0: Yeah, and that goes uh, for me as well. Even in Wisconsin, where I started ski patrolling
1: as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we probably should have addressed your Wisconsin accent sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is a Wisconsin phrase that we have not heard? Oh.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, we sort of have some Uper or Canadian Yeah, uh, yeah, is, sure. Is Wisconsin is the cheese state, right? You got it, man. Mm. The
1: Dairyland. Mm. Dairy yeah, land. Green Bay Packers. Yep. So, yeah. I
2: don't know what that means, but. Speaking of Wisconsin, I'm going to digress here a little bit just for a second. Wow. Okay. I saw this meme the other day. And it was, uh, it wasn't a meme. It was something on Instagram, but it was showing, a, it was a, a graph that showed the all the counties in the United States and all the states, right? And it showed, um, based on county, the most, like, alcoholism and oh, the least. <laughs> and it, like, had it, you know, white was, like, none and, and blue. I,
1: I saw the same thing. I don't think that's...
2: Well, it was anyway any way accurate, but it, it was hilarious. It was contrasting because Utah's like all, all white, and Wisconsin's like completely blue, like all blacked out. So it's like the opposite ends of the spectrum. It's kind of
1: yeah. Like, uh, it's like yeah, yeah, we don't even have yeah. have liquor in Utah. That's what the like, guy was saying. He's like, he's like, he's like, can people buy liquor in Utah? Like, what is it? Is like, it
3: was
0: yeah. outlawed? <laughs> A similar statistic I've heard is that we have more bars per capita in Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah I so. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, this Wisconsinite's got a beer in hand. Yeah, so. That's what I'm talking about, as you should. Yeah. As
1: you should. It's hard to not podcast with that one. But, yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, so pre- any other thoughts on being a – what makes a professional in the outdoor industry?
2: So uh, we talked about it just briefly on the way over here, and one of the things I really appreciate personally about being a professional in the outdoor industry is – it's pretty acceptable that we wear the type of attire that we use to recreate or you know in in our shop and in a lot of outdoor when i go to trade shows and stuff like that like i wear the type of clothes that i wear like and it's accepted in our industry for the more part you don't have to you don't have to dress up with a shirt and tie to be accepted as a business professional in the in the outdoor world
1: that is true unless yeah. you're tim Nguyen. um haven't seen forever yeah love that guy he's a he's a khaki slacks and a button you know tuck your shirt in but like a shirt like that like a relaxed fit collared shirt you know and i'm like respect man tim's tim's there's
2: there's different levels of what people dress up but i don't think like you know it's rare that you walk into a gear shop and see somebody like wearing a full-on button-up you know like
3: that's something i appreciate about the outdoor industry because i grew up wearing a uniform every day to school with a a tie and a blazer you went to that kind of school yeah Yeah, but like i appreciate not having to dress up every day
1: (laughs) that might change
0: yeah might. maybe our uh, audience can give some feedback and let us know are you going to feel better about us being in collared shirts (laughs) when you come into the (laughs) shop or not
2: well we've we've talked about it like for our shop we want to be the best we want to be the best in ogden and give our customers the best experience and so we've talked about should we level up our dress a little bit wear a collared shirt be a little bit more professional. And it's kind of where this topic stems from a little bit. It's not you,
3: necessarily like a yeah. collared, like a like dress-up, like but a like a, a casual yeah. collar. Yeah, no tie. Uh, yeah, no, no tie.
1: tie. But can you wear like, like you're wearing like a, a collared shirt that's buttoned, but then it's a crop top so you got a little belly button showing. You know as, l-
2: as long as it has a, as long as it has a collar band. <laughs> <a good> <laughs>
3: Catch me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: as long as, hey, I'm like, it's got a it's collar. got a collar, It's man. got a collar, yeah. We didn't, yeah. Belly's was, hanging Wasn't in the rule book. Nobody needs to see this belly hanging out. It's <laughs> not what we need to see. I was just clarifying the rules here. Uh, no, that's a good point. And then, so if you talk to someone who, say, tries to claim they're a professional rafter, what does that
2: mean? <laughs> that's a topic for a different podcast. We've already <laughs> talked about that <laughs> a whole, multiple times. You're paid. <laughs> You're paid to yeah. do it. Paid
1: in gear. I don't know. Paid enough to make a living, or you just paid like on a weekend once once one weekend of summer or something you know what i mean like what's your maybe it's just paying for the next trip but if you're a pro guide for a professional guide do you have to make a living being a guide or can you just do it on
2: the side As if somebody's willing to pay you for it you're a pro that's what i think Dude, there are all le- be there are pro. There are all levels of professional. But if you're yeah. if you're the type of person that somebody's willing to come to you and pay you to do whatever it is, whether you're good at it or not, like if somebody's willing sure. to pay you, you've reached a level of.
1: Oh, you know what I, I need think. to be paid to do? Camp. I'm a pro camper. Mm-hmm. A you, pro van lifer. Well, no, they <laughs> are. You know what they how they make Lamping. money is through YouTube. They just record yeah. it and then they yep. tell people. Uh, they give all. They give the people all the tips and tricks of either the RV life or where to go yeah. and how to. Yeah, and those people make bank. Oh yeah, those YouTubers. They're pro campers right. essentially. Yeah, they don't get paid by people. Um, let's see. How does that work? You do get paid by people to camp, but you don't get paid to camp. You get paid to produce the video that's posted. the
0: content. The content surrounding comes from what it. you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah for sure. That's interesting. I wonder if that's, you know, you're pro, are you're pro outdoorsy are you're pro climber if you're not sponsored necessarily by, by a brand in the industry, but you create content around you learning to climb and stuff and you're making money through Instagram and YouTube to be a climber.
0: I'd say if you're formally educated, like you have some AMGA certifications and you're making money through content, sure,
2: sure. I think I I would even argue that you don't need certifications. If you're like a dude climbing and you created a YouTube channel and built a following and you're making money on it, then I say you're a pro climber personally.
3: Do you have a following type of thing? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So the the term like outdoor professional that we're talking about here, this whole concept is like kind of a paradox for me because like – Man, in like being a ski patroller and working a gear shop, it's like I've I've tried to find jobs that would allow me to not, to just like you know subsidize my life that I want, like my other things I want to do. It's weird because it's like just a, I feel like a dirtbag kind of, like mm. I'm like working these jobs, these like side jobs to just you know keep my uh my interest going. I guess it's interesting because it, it I in approaching like ski patrol and the the shop and stuff. Like I don't think I ever started in any of these with the intention of being a pro. It was just like, oh, I'm going to go ski patrol so I can ski more. I'm going to work in a gear shop so I can get gear for cheap. And, <laughs> and it evolved into like, you know, what legitimate jobs now. But it's interesting how it's all like yeah. did, how it happens.
1: Did, is there any insecurity about that being your profession to where you should you think, well, maybe I should be doing something else that's a real job?
2: Honestly, I feel no insecurity about it. I'm kind of proud of it. Yeah. I I'm agree. like kind of proud that I've able, been able to like make a life out of like just my hobbies and the things that I enjoy. So not, not insecure at all. Do you
1: like, get pushback from family? Yes. Friends? Yeah. Oh, I do. Oh, really? I do, yeah. too. My,
3: uh, I, my family is very, like, make-money-oriented. What
1: are you going to do with your life, Avery?
3: <laughs> that is a very big question that I always get when I go home for, like, family events and and like Christmas working And, like,
1: working as a professional yeah, and in an outdoor, and outdoor gear is, shop like, isn't the right answer? Can
3: you make a living off of this? I'm like... I am making a living off this. I'm having <laughs> yeah. a good time. I'm doing the things I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And
2: and you're able to rehab your knee.
3: And I'm able to do PT mm-hmm. while making money. Mm-hmm.
2: And with this podcast, you even get to talk about it. It's perfect.
3: <laughs> I love it all. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm kind of over on the opposite spectrum. I'm getting praise from the parents for uh doing whatever's been making me happy. Yeah. And taking sure. those yeah. chances, taking uh are changes your parents professionals?
1: Life. Doctors, lawyers, attorneys? Shoot, uh,
0: not quite. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, A professional beautician, if you would, as a mother who cut my hair growing up, and then a father who worked in the construction industry. And uh, I definitely saw the repercussions of that. And therefore, you know, it greatly influenced my way forward of like, I'm going to find something I love to do Mm. and try and make money doing it versus being unhappy every day. Uh, and that's sort of why I'm here right now, yeah. being a part of Gear 30 and returning to Ski Patrol on a full-time basis, because mm-hmm. that uh, maintenance industry in general just doesn't necessarily fit with my personality or vibe.
1: So you you saw your dad, you alluded to your dad was not happy in the construction industry.
0: No, and okay. uh, potentially, you know, contributed to his kidney cancer. Basically, mm-hmm. just breathing drywall dust for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the health effects, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt those myself. Automotive and
3: aviation industry just not
0: healthy.
1: Not healthy. Avery, you were shaking your head, not. I just your wanted head. to
3: rephrase. My parents are very supportive of what I do, hmm. um, but it is like always a concern. Can you make a living doing this? And I have. So. Yep. I just wanted to rephrase that. If they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs>
2: I got back backpedal there. <laughs> 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 You're dad
3: was, a was in the trailer here. Before. He was. Yeah. He, was. And he. I think that I'm like up. when yeah. he saw it, he like it turned something in his head that was like, "This is. <laughs> really
1: cool. Sorry. Oh is my really bleep. Cool. He's got a bleep. We got a bleep. We got a bleep. <laughs> this is. He thought this was really cool. And he, yeah. So
3: just wanted to rephrase that. Can
1: I even put in a marker?
2: I don't know if my parents listen to this podcast, but. The pushback I get from family isn't from my parents either.
1: I think that comes from who's a it from? parents. It's
2: uh, proud. I, well, when I say I get and, pushback, and does it does it bother you or it? No, actually, it, when I say I get pushback, it's probably not even really accurate. It's probably like when it comes to my family, I probably feel more self conscious because I think my family's actually pretty supportive. But like that's probably a, a circle of people where I'm like more self conscious about the job than my my peers you know because my family doesn't see the value I, I i would assume that they don't see quite the value in my outdoor lifestyle that like my friends do
1: so but the out this is okay but the outdoor industry has been around for a while sure. long, you know a yeah. long time yes mm-hmm. yeah. what if you went to them and you're like i'm gonna be a pro podcaster
2: Wow, they would be probably even less excited about that <laughs> than, than the gear shop. Live your
1: dreams, Brandon. Oh. I'm like, I'm dad. I
2: really, I'm 35. I'm gonna be an influencer. <laughs> I'm gonna. I just You'd need like, like, what?
1: I, I just need to borrow a little bit of space in your bed in your in your basement <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, yeah your bedroom is or the worse. closet
0: in your bedroom maybe, maybe the it's a walk-in yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe you, never, you don't know <laughs> that's <Yeah>. big enough
1: <laughs> so i think down at ksl studios a lot of those podcast studios are very they're like ex closets like mop rooms you know but they that's what if that's yeah. the building you're in and that's the space you got that's what you do it's, you make it work you make it work we're in a trailer right now this is we like, are in a is... 1960 camping trailer yeah converted to a podcast studio perfect podcast the coolest podcast studio touching on that
0: self-consciousness uh that's sort of why i transitioned from full-time to part-time for a year on patrol and i don't know that self-conscious is the correct word to define what i was feeling but i was feeling insecurity right around the wages that i was being paid for the job i was performing meaning you should you
1: thought you should be paid more
0: paid more Mm -hmm. and uh you know
1: on the which job
0: Ski patrolling. Okay. Right. So I sort of like removed myself a little bit to get a taste of right maintenance and uh, Mm -hmm. doing something that some might consider a real job, Mm. uh, making more money, but realize the lack of happiness was far more uh, or rather the happiness was more valuable than being. Okay. Or unhappy or not having the same amount of money.
1: This brings up a good point Now this is the ultimate question <clears throat> for for van life for uh, the, the climber who lives in a van or car down at the crag and um, not sure how they make their money maybe they maybe they work weekends at a, at a bar and they they work or a server a couple nights a week but essentially they are professional climbers, meaning, they climb five six days a week and they, and they worked two, twice to to scrimp a little bit of funds yeah is Get that is that a pro climber or is that just a pro dirt bag or what like what or skier even Pro, dirt, know, bag. A skier, pro dirt bag <clears throat> pro Pretty dirt sure. bag oh yeah okay pro, i think my uncle was one of those It was ski bum pro ski bum because he worked at a vermont uh ski lodge where he basically lived out of nothing and then was the sh- worked as a chef in a local restaurant and skied five six seven days
2: a week. Yeah, living the dream.
1: <clears throat> living the dream. Pro <laughs> yeah. pro ski bump. So so is that a
2: professional
1: job? Is that a, is that, a, <laughs> is that a living we need to hold in no, I mean, high
2: regard? I say if I he, say yeah. If he had a job where he's getting paid, he's a pro at that job. You know yeah. the ski bump thing, making like, a living. There's all different. All different levels of professionals, right? Like there's better yeah. call Saul, and then there's like the real lawyers. You know, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like there's there's all of it. I say, I say nice work, living out of a whatever yeah. for cheap in Vermont. I like it. Yeah. So you're from
0: the East Coast,
1: Brandon? Yeah. No, I am from Ogden. My family Copy. is from Pennsylvania. My uncle, who uh, was the youngest of that family when they moved out here, uh, bought a, a VW Bug and drove it to Vermont and lived as a ski bum in the 70s. That's really cool. Yeah.
2: The only problem I have with this story is who leaves Utah to go to Vermont to be a ski bum?
0: I've considered it for the right opportunity.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I think that East Coast has
3: something different,
0: the, some it, different vibe. It's oh, a yeah.
1: different vibe for sure. The snow is obviously much different. It's not um, the
3: snow. It's the culture there. From
1: it's different. Understood. Yeah. The green
0: mountains yep. of Vermont. Got a... Mount, pretty, uh,
1: mountains, in quotes. You
0: know, <laughs> starting from sea level, though. So. Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: I was in Maine, and there's a national park there, Acadia National Park, and I think the, you can drive to the top of the mountain there, and I think it's like four thousand feet. It's like lower than Ogden is, right? That's and awesome. people were hiking from the ocean all the way to the top, and they were wasted, just like out, you know, out of breath, wasted tired. I'm like, huh? I live at forty five. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. so I have Four thousand feet's a big, <clears throat> but that's a haul coming day. from. Yeah. That's a yeah. good yeah. day. Yeah. It might even be less than that. It might be, might be. More twenty five or three thousand. I just remember it was like uh humorously low elevation compared to where I actually live in Ogden, Utah, which isn't Denver, which is you know what I mean? But mm. but when you're hiking from sea level, it's it's a gain. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And we got some good gain here. Five thousand feet from the valley floor to the top of uh the Ogden skyline. Yep. So yeah. No lack of elevation gain here.
1: It's true. All right. Well that is what is your opinion? Are you pro podcast listener? Do you get paid to listen to podcasts? That would be cool. You could with the discount code. You could, yeah. We'll send you a code. What is? That? What do you got to do? Email sales at gear 30 you could gear30. You can hey, shop gear30.com and save some bucks.
3: Tell me what you think a professional means.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Avery.
0: Give us your feedback on the shirts.
1: <laughs> yes. Collar. or no collar. The
2: crop top. Crop top <laughs> or no. So really, like, if any of, our, any of our listeners, honest opinion, if you walk into the shop <laughs> and the shop dudes have a collared shirt on or t t-shirt on? Like, does it make a difference to you? I'd be curious to know what
1: people think. And my collared shirt, like, yours is an Arcteryx. I don't know what yours is.
2: Yeah, it's just like a button-up. But like I've a, got, like... like a, it's know, by Bad Country. A plaid button-up, whatever. Pla- pla- oh, yeah. Bad Country. Yeah. yeah.
1: I got, you know, cool... Uh, there's lots of, there's lots of, even OR makes po- collared shirts, you know. It, a lot
3: of the yeah. outdoor brands nowadays make
1: coll- nice collared, collared shirts. shirts. Yeah, so it would yeah. be an outdoor brand. It's a like casual shirt. collared right, shirt. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, let us know.
2: Let us know what you think. All right, that's it. We'll catch you on the next episode. Yeah, we'll see you other. there.